Welcome to Tent Talk, the podcast with Nancy McCrady, where we talk about life under the big tent of God's presence and the provoking process of discipleship. Here we go. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Tent Talk. This is Nancy McCrady. So glad to continue the summer readings series. And this week, in these next few episodes, as you're listening in real time, will be from A.W. Tozer's book, The Pursuit of God. Take time with these. When, when you hear not only in the introduction and the preface, when you hear a little bit about his life, you know, in my uh, Producers Way School USA that's going on uh, right now, uh, their July assignment is to take hold of a biography of someone, whether it be Watchman Nee, A.W. Tozer, Elizabeth Elliot, if it's, um, you know, whoever it might be, but someone. I, I know one of the students is reading about Hudson Taylor, reading people who went before us and reading about their life. And it's just so encouraging because you realize this is not some new fad, right? This isn't uh, something so radical. Right? This, is, this has been the norm of the lives of those that many times we stand in awe of them, but we never go any deeper to see what, what is it that actually happened in their life. And so in sharing... Uh, I believe it's chapters one and two over the course of these next episodes from Tozer's book, The Pursuit of God, you get a a deeper dive into um, what their life was like and what did God speak to them. And then they left those things for us to be able to read so that we can navigate with Holy Spirit through the days of our lives that we are in right now. So let these next episodes be of great encouragement to you as I read from A.W. Tozer's The Pursuit of God. Love you all. Oh, it doesn't matter if I've read this a hundred times, and maybe I'm close to it. (laughs) Oh, how I do love and cherish this book, A.W. Tozer's The Pursuit of God. So I'm going to simply begin reading, and I'll decide later where I'm going to stop uh, in these next episodes, and I pray that you are enjoying uh, a rich and strong summer with friends and family and working and planning and, um, you know, because before we know it, the summer will be done, and it will be August and school prep and Uh, Summer camps will be at an end, and summer vacations will be at an end, and before you know it, it'll be Labor Day. Isn't it amazing how time passes? And this is why I always say to people, well, you're going to be doing something with that time. You might as well well, uh, invest it in the discipling of your life in Him, with Him, and for Him. So I'm glad that you've joined me here. I'm going to begin today. And simply opening up, and I don't think I can read chapter 1 without first reading the introduction. So we'll just see how this unfolds as we go. So here we are, Tozer's Legacy, and uh, it's right at the opening of my edition of the book. And let me just see if I can tell you that the copyright for this book that I am holding 
1982. Wow. Some of you weren't even born. And some of us were definitely born by then and had already been in a good bit of trouble. Uh-huh, yes, okay, so here we go, right? But how many of you know God is always and ever preparing things for us long before we ever know Him, right? It's like other people are living through things, and they're going to pass on truth to us when we don't even care, we don't know we need it, we're not interested in God, and lo and behold, the day you need it, mm, there it is. I pray this is one of those days for some of you. So again, I start with Tozer's legacy. Quietness of soul, the fruit of truly seeking God, is seldom found in 20th century Christians. Far too many have come to accept turbulence of soul as the norm and have ceased to seek God with their whole hearts. Some have fled the cities to cloistered retreats in the hope of finding this quietness, only to discover their hearts still restless. One unusual American minister who found for his own soul the secret of quietness and articulated his discovery to the Christian community was A.W. Tozer. He came upon this closer walk with God in the bustle and noise of the city of Chicago. Tozer never enjoyed the luxury of a cloistered life. Born in a poor home in the hills of western Pennsylvania, he had known hardship from as long as he could remember. Forced by his home situation to forfeit an education, Tozer entered the ministry without either high school or college training. A.W. Tozer came to Christ at the age of 15 after hearing a lay preacher speaking at a street meeting in Akron, Ohio. He joined the Methodist Church and became an active witness for Christ. A dingy corner of the basement of the family home became his private prayer chamber. There, at the very beginning of his Christian life, Tozer established what was to be a lifelong practice of waiting on God. Having become a lay preacher, Tozer found himself in disfavor with his church and decided to join with the Christian and Missionary Alliance, where he found opportunity to use his gifts. His preaching ability soon made a place for him. In 1919, the district superintendent assigned Tozer to pastor the Alliance Church in Nutter's Fort, West Virginia. After subsequent pastorates in Toledo and Indianapolis, he accepted a call in 1928 to the Southside Alliance Church in Chicago, Illinois. His ministry in that congregation continued for 31 years. Avenue Road Alliance Church in Toronto, Ontario, Canada was the last pastorate he served. For many of the years he pastored the Chicago congregation, Tozer also preached on the Moody Bible Institute radio station WMBI. Thousands of lay people and pastors listened regularly to his rich exposition of Bible truth given on Talks from a Pastor's Study. His literary skills were soon recognized by his own denomination and eventually by the whole evangelical church community. In 1950, the General Council elected him editor of the Alliance Witness, a position he held until his death. Aidan W. Tozer educated himself by years of diligent study and a constant prayerful seeking of the mind of God. With Tozer, 
Seeking truth and seeking God were one and the same thing. For example, when he felt he needed an understanding of the great English works of Shakespeare, he read them through on his knees, asking God to help him understand their meaning. This procedure was typical of his method of self-education. With no teacher but the Holy Spirit and good books, A.W. Tozer became a theologian, a scholar, and a master craftsman in the use of the English language. There are not many quotes in his writings, for he had so assimilated all he had read that he could freely write in simple but attractive language the principles of truth he had discovered across those years of anointed study. The evangelical mystics were his favorite study. The longings of his own heart were satisfied by what he learned from the men and women who kept the light of spiritual reality burning in a time when apostasy and spiritual darkness seemed almost universal. Much of the strong meat in the pursuit of God came out of the crucible of Tozer's own personal experience. The chapter entitled, The Blessedness of Possessing Nothing, reflected his desperate struggle to turn his only daughter over to God. The battle for him was intense and devastating. But when full surrender came, a new and glorious release became his. He had learned to know God in the school of practical experience. Since the first edition of The Pursuit of God was published in 1948, Hundreds of thousands of copies have been printed and distributed in several languages around the world. While all of Tozer's writings are well-received, the pursuit of God continues to be the most popular. The writing of this book was for A.W. Tozer, a deep spiritual experience. Dr. David J. Fant, Jr., his biographer, describes the process. Quote, Tozer literally wrote the pursuit of God on his knees. Perhaps that explains its power and the blessing that has rested on it. Close quote. Perhaps the continued usefulness of this book can be attributed to the writer's great spiritual discovery that to seek God does not narrow one's life but brings it rather to the level of highest possible fulfillment. A.W. Tozer was something of a 20th century prophet calling the modern church back to the practice of godliness and to that level of spiritual reality enjoyed by serious seekers after God from the days of the apostles. In the legacy of his writings, none speaks more clearly to our deepest heart need than the pursuit of God. Now the preface. In this hour of all but universal darkness, one cheering gleam appears. Within the fold of conservative Christianity, there are to be found increasing numbers of persons whose religious lives are marked by a growing hunger after God himself. They are eager for spiritual realities and will not be put off with words, nor will they be content with correct interpretations of truth. They are athirst for God, and they will not be satisfied till they have drunk deep at the fountain of living water. This is the only real harbinger of revival which I have been able to detect anywhere on the religious horizon. It may be the cloud the size of a man's hand for which a few saints here and there have been looking. It can result in a resurrection of life for many souls and a recapture of that radiant wonder which should accompany faith in Christ, that wonder which has all but fled the church of God in our day. But this hunger must be recognized by our religious leaders. Current 
evangelicalism has laid the altar and divided the sacrifice into parts, but now seems satisfied to count the stones and rearrange the pieces with never a care that there is not a sign of fire upon the top of lofty Carmel. But God be thanked that there are a few who care. They are those who, while they love the altar and delight in the sacrifice, are yet unable to reconcile themselves to the continued absence of fire. They desire God above all. They are athirst to taste for themselves the piercing sweetness of the love of Christ, without whom all the holy prophets did write and the psalmist did sing. There is today no lack of Bible teachers to set forth correctly the principles of the doctrines of Christ, but too many of these seem satisfied to teach the fundamentals of the faith year after year, strangely unaware that there is in their ministry no manifest presence, nor anything unusual in their personal lives. They minister constantly to believers who feel within their breast a longing which their teaching simply does not satisfy. I trust I speak in charity, but the lack in our pulpits is real. Milton's terrible sentence applies to our day as accurately as it did to his, quote, the hungry sheep look up and are not fed, close quote. It is a solemn thing and no small scandal in the kingdom to see God's children starving while actually seated at the Father's table. The truth of Wesley's words is established before our eyes. Quote, Orthodoxy or right opinion is, at best, a very slender part of religion. Though right tempers cannot subsist without right opinions, yet right opinions may subsist without right tempers. There may be a right opinion of God without either love or one right temper toward Him. Satan is a proof of this. Close quote. Thanks to our splendid Bible societies and to other effective agencies for the dissemination of the Word, there are today many millions of people who hold right opinions, but probably more than ever before in the history of the church. Yet I wonder if there was ever a time when true spiritual worship was at a lower ebb. To great sections of the church, the art of worship has been lost entirely, and in its place has come that strange and foreign thing called the program. This word has been borrowed from the stage and applied with sad wisdom to the type of public service which now passes for worship among us. Sound Bible exposition is an imperative must in the church of the living God. Without it, no church can be a New Testament church in any strict meaning of that term. But exposition may be carried on in such a way as to leave the hearers devoid of any true spiritual nourishment, whatever. For it is not mere words that nourish the soul, but God himself. And unless and until the hearers find God in personal experience, they are not the better for having heard the truth. The Bible is not an end in itself, but a means to bring men to an intimate and satisfying knowledge of God, that they may enter into Him, that they may delight in His presence, may taste and know the inner sweetness of the very God Himself in the core and center of their hearts. This book is a modest attempt to aid God's hungry children so to find Him. Nothing here is new except in the sense that it is a discovery which my own heart has made of spiritual realities most delightful and wonderful to me. Others before me have gone much farther in these holy mysteries than I have done, 
But if my fire is not large, it is yet real. And there may be those who can light their candle at its flame. A.W. Tozer, Chicago, Illinois, June 16th, 1948. My God, my God, friends, my God. Mm. Let me just say this last part again. This book is a modest attempt to aid God's hungry children so to find Him. Nothing here is new except in the sense that it is a discovery which my own heart has made of spiritual realities most delightful and wonderful to me. Others before me have gone much farther into these holy mysteries than I have done, but if my fire is not large, it is yet real, and there may be those who can light their candle at its flame." Wow. You know, many times when you light one candle with another, there's this moment at the lighting. You you take one candle from its holder, say a long tapered candle. You bend it over to light another candle, and at that moment, it flames bright, and now you have two. Oh, my friends, ours must be the real fire. It may not be the largest, but it must be the real fire of our God, who is our God, the jealous God. And may we, may it happen here, Lord, now, today, may we be lighting the candle of others that they too might know him. How glad I am that in our next episode, we will open up chapter one, following hard after God. So glad to bring these episodes to you, my friends. Love you all. For more information on Nancy, please visit nancymccrady.com or follow her on social media at nbmccrady.com.